Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode 37, Six and a Half Steps to Planning a Turkey Hunting Trip. We are 278 days, 12 hours, 4 minutes, and 3 seconds away from opening day of turkey season in Alabama. The countdown goes on. I wish we were a little bit closer, but that would make me older, and I don't wish that right now. So we'll just have to work with what we've got and do a little dreaming about turkey hunting and a little planning for next season. As I mentioned in last week's episode, now is the time to be planning for next season. And we're going to do that today and talk about things that you need to do in order to plan a turkey hunting trip out of state. Before we get into that, let's take care of a few housekeeping items. First of all, I want to thank Bruce, also known as Old School Fit, for leaving a review on iTunes. Bruce says, five stars, great show. What a way to get woken up on those early mornings to go turkey hunting after a long night at work. Andy is a great help with his tactics and info. Guests are full of hunting experience that give you that much needed extra step. Thanks and keep it rolling, Bruce. Bruce, thank you for taking the time to leave the review. I really do appreciate that. And as I mentioned in pretty much every episode, if you guys take the time to leave me a review, that really helps out with our rankings on iTunes. It helps other hunters be able to find the show much easier as it helps us to be able to show up in the search rankings a little bit better. And not only that, but if you take the time to leave a review, I feel like I should take the time to thank you for it and do that on the show. And so that is why I read these reviews. It is not to pat myself on the back. It's actually to pat you guys on the back and say thank you for taking the time to do that. Okay, next item on the list is, as I mentioned last week, we have sponsorship opportunities for the Turkey Hunting Podcast available. I will have a formal sponsorship package together on July 1st. But until then, if you have a turkey hunting product or just a hunting product in general that you would like to advertise on the Turkey Hunting Podcast, you are free to email me and I will get back with you. My email address is andy, A-N-D-Y, at iamturkeyhunting.com. Shoot me an email, I'll reach out to you, give you some information on cost, statistics, all that fun stuff. Next on the list, not only am I in the planning stages for next turkey season at this point, but I'm in the planning season for the Turkey Hunter podcast. So I'm doing some show planning, scheduling some guests coming up. I've got some great shows on the horizon. I hope you guys continue to listen into the show, even though spring turkey season is a good bit away. 
fall turkey season is actually right around the corner and we're going to get into some fall turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, things like that in upcoming episodes very soon. So if you haven't tried fall turkey hunting, now's a good time to do it. Why not start this year? It's a great way to keep yourself sharp for the turkey woods come springtime and it's a great way to get a fresh wild turkey on the table for Thanksgiving. Your family will thank you for that. So while I'm back on the subject of planning, as I mentioned earlier, this show is all about planning. I'm going to go over six and a half steps to planning a turkey hunting trip. You know, I go on a trip out of state turkey hunting every year to extend my season, to extend my bag limit opportunities. And not only that, but I love to travel. Absolutely love it. And so I'm able to marry two of my passions together, one being turkey hunting, the other being traveling, and go on an out-of-state turkey hunting trip every year. And as you already know, I have a goal of killing a turkey in every state that has turkeys, so in order to do that, I have to travel. And these out-of-state trips are always fun because I get to share them with my hunting buddies. I've had some incredible experiences over the years, some amazing hunts, some close encounters along the way. I've seen some of the country's natural wonders that a lot of people don't get to see. I've met some extremely interesting and generous people along the way. I've spent a lot of money doing this, and I've had some remarkable experiences as well. I wouldn't trade any of those experiences for anything. The money that I've spent to go on these trips is well worth it. And I don't believe that I'll have a regret for doing this later in life, but I would probably regret not doing it. So, with all of the good things that I've had on these trips, I've also had some disappointments along the way as well. I've had some issues with outfitters, trips to the emergency room, conflicts with guides, and the occasional tough turkey. But after all, it is turkey hunting, so that's why we go, isn't it? Planning these trips to go out of state takes time. It takes a lot of time, actually. As I mentioned in last week's episode, and if you listen to episode 23 of the Turkey Hunter podcast with Yarrick Henley from the Chain Ranch, now's the time to plan those trips out of state to hunt turkeys. It's the best time because you will just about have your choice of outfitters. If you choose to go with an outfitter, the good outfitters, their calendars get filled up very quickly, and you'll sometimes miss out on an opportunity to hunt with a great outfitter that's priced the same as a bad outfitter because you've waited too long and that outfitter's calendar has gotten booked. So now's the time to be talking to those guys and gals and now's the time to be booking those trips. If you want to have the best trip and experience possible, then you want to try to consider everything possible when planning your trip before you book something. I've discovered that when my hunting buddies and I just throw a trip together, Often we don't have the best experience because our choices are limited. In fact, that was the case this year in Ohio. As you already know about me, I'm not afraid to tell you when I make a mistake. And last year, when we got back from our incredible trip to North Dakota, South Dakota, and Montana, I was very, very busy with work, and so were my hunting buddies. We did not take the time and put forth the effort to begin planning our trip for this year. In fact, we didn't start that until around January of this year. That's too late to start. We ended up with an outfitter who made one heck of a sales pitch on the telephone, but what he didn't tell us on the phone is that we were going to be hunting with his crazy operations manager on our hunt. 
and I don't mean like crazy in a good way. I mean like crazy. The operations manager delivered a much lesser experience than the outfitting operation owner promised us. Now, even though we all managed to kill birds on that hunt, we were all pretty disappointed with the experience that we had as we were lied to and treated like seven-year-olds who were on their first hunting trip. Your trip and your turkey hunting experience out of state does not have to be like that, and proper planning of your trip can help you to avoid that. So, here are the six and a half steps that I put together to help you plan your next turkey hunting trip. Oh, and by the way, we are currently in process of planning our turkey hunting trip for next year. We're not going to have a similar Ohio experience again next year. All right, step number one. Who are you going hunting with? Part of planning your trip is determining who you're going to go with, who you're going to enjoy this experience with. That's also going to help you to determine your budget, which is step two, and we'll get into that in just a minute. But if your family is going with you on this trip, it's going to be a family vacation, then you may be more willing to spend a little bit more money on this trip than you would be if you were just taking a guy's trip or if it was something you were doing solo. And then you were going to have to plan a family vacation in addition to that. So obviously if your family is going on the trip with you, then you're splitting the bill with no one. But if you're going with a buddy or several buddies, then you can split some of those common expenses like groceries, drinks, fuel, lodging, rental cars, that type of thing. You can split that with those guys. So determining who you're going to go with, who you're going to enjoy this experience with, should be your first step. Now regardless of who you go with, determining your budget is a very, very, very important step. And that should be the next step of planning your trip. You can spend $500 to $2,000 even going to hunt public land depending on what you do and how you structure your trip. Now I'm going to tell you that you should realistically plan to spend about $1,000 bare bones for a trip if you're going to drive to your hunting location and you hunt on public land. If you're going to hunt with an outfitter you should probably plan on doubling that. Just a rule of thumb something to keep in mind. Nothing written in stone. Yes, you can find cheaper deals out there, but that's something to put in your back pocket. Okay, step two, determining your budget. Now, obviously, I can't do this for you, but if it means that your family of four has to eat beanie weenies for a month and your truck gets repossessed in the process of you saving up $4,000 to go hunt Rio Grande turkeys in Hawaii, then you might be doing a few things wrong. Like I mentioned before, if this is your once-per-year family vacation, you can probably get away with spending a little bit more money on the trip than you can if you're going on a guy's trip and still have to plan a separate family vacation. Now, don't let the cost of the trip be your budget. Set a budget and stick with it. You're going to have expenses that a lot of people don't think about sometimes when they're planning these trips, but you're going to have travel expenses. Airfare if you decide to fly, gas if you do not, snacks, drinks, food, lodging if you need to cut the trip in half and spend the night somewhere in a hotel or motel along the way. You're going to have tolls for toll roads. You'll probably want to buy some souvenirs for your kids. There's always going to be miscellaneous expenses as well. So keep those things in mind for the travel part of the trip. Now for the actual hunting itself, you're going to have the cost of the hunt, licenses and tags. Those are things that we don't often overlook. But you're also going to have tips for an outfitter if you use an outfitter. Tips for a cook if your meals are being provided for you. Lodging 
if you're hunting public land, meals, beverages, all those things are going to be factored in to the hunting expense part of the trip as well. So, you know, those are some things that sometimes we don't think about. We just say, okay, well, I can get to Nebraska for X number of dollars flying, or I can get there for X number of dollars driving, knowing that my truck gets 18 miles to the gallon and gas is currently X number of dollars per gallon, and I'm going to have to drive 1,045 miles one way. You can determine your cost of travel that way, but you need to factor in those other things. If you're going to spend the night in Missouri, then you need to factor in a hotel room or a motel room for one night in Missouri. Factor in those meals. So consider that part of your budget after you determine how much you're going to spend on your budget. All right, step number three. What is the purpose or goal of your trip? Do you want to start or finish a Grand Slam? Do you want to just travel north of where you live to extend your season? As the season's further north, don't go out until later in the year. They come in later, they go out later. So for me in Alabama, when my season goes out on April 30th, I am usually looking to go north so that I can hunt in May and extend my season. If you live north, then you probably want to look at coming south early before your season starts. Things to think about. Do you want to travel and hunt with a buddy in a different state? Maybe his home state. I've got a buddy in Virginia. We're going to Virginia this year to hunt with him. That's going to save me a good bit of money. We'll be hunting his land and staying at his cabin on his land. So that will be a relatively inexpensive trip for me. Do you want to hunt in the mountains in the mornings and the afternoons and then midday maybe go catch trout? Think about these types of things. What is the purpose? What is your goal of going on this trip? If your goal is like ours and it's just to kill a turkey in every state, then doing these secondary things like fishing, going sightseeing, that type of thing midday, we don't typically do those things because we're hunting. We're hunting hard. We've got a goal of killing turkeys in every state, and we've got to kill four in each state that we go into. If we kill three in that state, and one of us does not kill in that state, we have to go back. And we're going to do it as a group. So I do miss out on a few things by having my nose to the grindstone and focusing on accomplishing this goal of killing a turkey in every state. And you don't necessarily have to miss out on those things. So if you want to go sightseeing midday, if you want to go fishing midday, make that part of your trip. Enjoy it. Make killing a turkey be a secondary goal. Again, only you can determine what the goal is, but it's important to know what your goal is to help you determine step number four. Step number four is determining where you will go. So you have to know what your budget is. You have to know what your goal is or goals are before you determine where you're going to go. If you have $1,000 to spend on an out-of-state trip to kill a Miriams and you live in the state of Florida, then you're probably going to have a difficult time making that happen, even if you're hunting public land. If you've got to drive 1,500 miles there, 1,500 miles back home, you're going to spend a lot of money on gasoline. You're going to have to spend a night in a hotel along the way, and you're going to have a very difficult time going to... Nebraska or Wyoming or North Dakota, South Dakota, Colorado, Montana, any of the states with Merriam's in them, buying tags there, buying licenses there, staying in a hotel there, buying food there, killing a turkey, and then driving back. Now, obviously, you can camp. If you want to go more primitive, you can camp out and probably come closer to spending $1,000, but I think you're going to have a very difficult time doing that. However, 
If you live in northwest Kansas and you want to kill a Merriam's, you can probably make that short drive to Nebraska, Colorado, or Wyoming, hunt public land for a couple of days, three days, and be able to do that for a thousand bucks. One thing I want you to think about is that if you can't make the trip that you want to make happen because of your budget, instead of taking a lesser trip, take the money that you were going to spend on that trip, put it in a savings account, save money for the next 12 months to add to that money, and then go on the trip that you want to take and make that trip happen for you the following year. One thing that you can do to determine where you want to go is to build a list of what options are available to you and what is important to you. So if I know I want to go kill a Merriam's, I know there's just a few states where I can go and do that. So I'm going to write those states down on a list. Now I'm going to start doing my research. I'm going to get on the internet. I'm going to find out how many birds I can kill in those states. What are their season dates? How much are licenses and tags? Do I have to have hunter education to go and get a tag to hunt in that state or a license to hunt in that state? What is the general consensus of the population in the state? Is the population going up? Is it going down? What's happening there? That's information you can find fairly readily on the internet. And if you can't, then you can make a few phone calls and find that information out. What public land opportunities are available? What private land opportunities are available? Some states have private land that is open for public hunting. Montana is one of those. Kansas is one of those. There are a lot of walk-in hunting areas in Kansas where they're not state lands, they're privately owned, but you can go and hunt in those areas. What are the hunter success rates in those states? If you want to save some money, is it feasible for you to drive there? How much is it going to cost you to fly there? On the public land in those states, is there lodging available? Do they allow for camping? Those are things that you're going to want to list out. From there, you need to determine, and this is very important, are you physically able to hunt there? If you're going to go and hunt Merriam's turkeys in the Rocky Mountains, you better be in pretty dang good shape. If you want a less demanding Merriam's hunt, then you may want to consider going to North Dakota or South Dakota or going to the eastern part of Wyoming. So you want to look at any physical challenges that those areas are going to present to you and keep those in mind and let those factor into your decision. You do not want to go on a trip and be miserable on that trip or get injured on that trip because you were not physically able to handle the terrain and the hunting. Okay, one other thing about figuring out where you'll go. This is very important as well. Ask around. Ask people, friends, family, NWTF members are great resources. Ask people where they've been. What was their experience like? How long ago did they go? Because populations have changed over the last 10 years or so. Make some phone calls to some NWTF biologists or state wildlife biologists. Those are great resources as well. And ask them questions. Tell them, I'm thinking about coming to your state to hunt next year. I am not in as good a shape as I used to be in. Where are some areas that I can go and hunt where I'm not going to be physically challenged as much as in other areas? Where are the bird populations the highest? What are the hunter success rates in those areas? Do you happen to know of any outfitters in those areas? What are some public land opportunities in those areas? Those are great questions that you can ask biologists, whether they're with NWTF or their state biologist. Call an NWTF regional director or a state director for that state. 
I've had state directors of a state connect me with local chapters in that state in the areas that have the highest populations, and I've been able to get a lot of information from NWTF directors that way. So build that list of what states are open to you for what you want to accomplish, and that list of what's important to you in that state or what's important to you on that trip. Let that help you make a decision of where you're going to go hunting. Okay, number five. Deciding when to go on that trip is your next big step. When you're on the phone with those biologists, asking them questions like what the hatches have been like in those areas over the past few years, what is the population trend in that area, what are the hunter success rates in that area, ask them when their peak gobbling times are. Now this year was kind of an anomaly. There wasn't much of a peak gobbling time anywhere across the country. The season was very strange, the weather was strange, and it seemed to have had the birds messed up a good bit across the country. But ask them historically, when are the peak gobbling times? Use that information to help you, whether you're hunting public land or private land. If you're hunting private land and you're hunting with an outfitter, you can ask the outfitter when the peak gobbling time is. We have talked to outfitters who do not turkey hunt. They just offer semi-guided or unguided hunts, and they don't know anything about the turkeys on their property other than where they see them. They don't know when a peak gobbling time is. So a wildlife biologist is a great resource for that information. All right, now that you know when you're going, you need to determine how long you're going to be there. Make sure you have enough vacation time as well and enough kitchen passes if you're not taking your better half with you. All right, now we're down to the nitty-gritty. We know where we're going. We know how much we want to spend. We know when we want to go. We know who we're going with, and we know what our goals are. Now it's time to nail down the specifics, nail down the details, and start making reservations. That is step number six. Are you going to fly to your destination? Is that in your budget? If it is, then we need to start doing some research. We need to book some airfare. We need to book a rental car if it's needed and it's in the budget. Are we going to hunt with an outfitter or are we going to hunt public land? If we're going to hunt with an outfitter, then we need to get on the internet. We need to get on the telephone. We need to start making calls and talking to outfitters. We need to research those outfitters. We need to call references that those outfitters give us. And I want to point you at this time to a blog post that's on my website that will help you with this. The blog post is 45 questions to ask an outfitter. And I'm going to put the link to that webpage in the show notes for this show. So go to www.iamturkeyhunting and look for the link for episode 37 for the Turkey Hunter podcast. Click on that link and in the show notes you will see the link for my blog post, 45 questions to ask an outfitter. After you've done your due diligence and you've selected an outfitter, go ahead and book dates and send the outfitter a deposit. Most outfitters will ask you for a 50% non-refundable deposit. That is not uncommon, but you want to be sure that that outfitter is reputable before you go send a check that you're not going to see again. Are you going to hunt public land instead of using an outfitter? If so, you need to nail down the details of which piece of public land you're going to hunt You need to book your hotel or lodging nearby, or if you have to reserve a campground, reserve the campground. Check into your airfare and your car rentals if you're hunting public land, and nail down the specifics on those. When you get to this point, it's time to start making reservations and make a commitment to go. 
Alright, now this next step I'm calling a half step. Step number six and a half, be a student. At this point, you've done everything you need to do. You're going on the trip. But in order to have the best experience possible, you need to be a student. You need to learn the game laws for the state that you're going to hunt. List out the gear that you need to take on the trip. List out the gear that you want to take on the trip. Know what the airline restrictions are for firearms. Know what the weight restrictions are for your luggage. You don't want to get to the airport and have your bag be 5 pounds overweight and have to pay an additional $50 charge so that your luggage can ride on the airplane with you. That's not in your budget. That's $50 you could spend on meals or souvenirs or $50 you can take back home with you. You also want to know what the state restrictions are on firearms. This is very important. Every state has different firearm restrictions and how you can transport those weapons. If those weapons are in a hard case and they're locked and they're in the trunk or the back of an SUV, I think you're going to be okay pretty much everywhere you go, but you want to make sure that you know that. If you're driving and your gun is in a soft case or not in a case at all, and you go to a state that requires that your gun be kept unloaded and in a case, and your gun does not meet those requirements, you're likely going to be in some trouble, and you don't want that to happen. You don't want that to ruin your trip. So you need to study those state restrictions on the firearms, how to travel with them. Another thing that you want to look at is how are you going to pack? If you're going on a Merriam's hunt and it's your first Merriam's, are you going to get it mounted? And if so, how are you going to bring that trophy back? Go to YouTube, watch a video, and learn how to cape your turkey out so that you don't have to bring the whole turkey back on the airplane. You can take a 23-pound turkey, cape it out, and now you've got 5 pounds instead of 23 pounds to bring back with you on the airplane. One thing that I used to do, I would actually pack all of my gear in a large cooler. And I would take a nylon duffel bag and fold it up and stuff it in the cooler as well. I would tape that shut and I would use that as my luggage. Then when I got where I was hunting, if I killed something and was going to bring it back home, I would put the turkey in the cooler, seal it up, take all of my gear, put it in my nylon duffel bag, and I had two bags to bring back instead of the one that I took up there. Turkey's in the cooler, all of my gear's in my nylon duffel bag, I'm good to go. I'm coming back home. So that's something that you can try as well. Don't forget to watch the weather forecast as you get closer to your hunting time. That will help you know, do I need to bring my heavy deer hunting coat, or can I get by with bringing my lightweight turkey hunting pants and shirt? That's very important as well. You also want to think about matching your camo to the area that you're going to be hunting in. If you come to Alabama in early March, you're probably not going to need your full leaf green camo. If you come to Alabama the first week in April, you might. If you come to Alabama the last week in April, you're definitely going to need your dark green full leaf camo. So keep that in mind as you're putting together your list of what you want to pack and take on your hunt. Call around, ask around, what are the leaves like out there? Is everything fully leafed out or are the woods wide open? Okay, those are all of the steps that I have for you that will help you to plan a turkey hunting trip out of state. Now I'm going to give myself another plug here very quickly, and that is if you're interested in killing a Merriam's or you need to kill a Merriam's for your Grand Slam and you need to travel to do that, I have done 
all of this for you. The only thing I haven't done is booked your airfare, booked your rental car, and booked your lodging. I have done all of the other research for you, and it's all listed out in my book. DIY Merriam'sTurkeyHunt.com is where you can find that. Buying and using that book will eliminate hours of planning for you, and I even provide you maps of where we saw and or killed turkeys. That's not information you're going to be able to look up for yourself. So I'm going to tell you that you're going to spend a bare minimum of 10 hours to plan a turkey hunting trip. And if you do it right and you're very thorough in your planning, you can spend as much as 40 hours to plan a trip like this on public land. Again, I've done all of that for you. The book is a little bit pricey when you're looking at the cost of books. The book is $47. But I'm telling you, $47 to save a bare minimum of 10 hours and as much as 40 hours of planning is cheap. And I'm going to give you a map of where we found and killed turkeys. 47 bucks. Just so you know, I'm only going to sell a set number of these books each year, and here's why. The place where we hunted is public land. The tags and licenses are readily available. Each hunter had the opportunity when we were there, now this could change at any time, but when we were there, each hunter had the opportunity of killing four turkeys each. We had no trouble killing four turkeys each. In fact, we killed 12 turkeys in five and a half days of hunting. Three of us, four turkeys each in five and a half days of hunting. I'm only going to sell a set number of these books each year. I'm going to limit that number of books because this public land that we hunted on is a hidden gem and it does not need to be overhunted. If it is overhunted, number one, the hunting is not going to be as good. And number two, the opportunities are going to be fewer because there's going to be fewer tags offered. They're going to shorten the season, and I want to go back at some point in the not-too-distant future, and I don't want everybody and their brother knowing about it. So you might ask, why did you even do the book? I get a lot of emails and phone calls from people wanting to know where to hunt, and I am an open book about that information. And I figured since I'm an open book, I may as well write a book. So I did. Feel free to pick up a copy of that if you want to go on an outstanding Merriam's turkey hunt. I highly recommend this trip. The $47 that you spend on the book is chicken scratch compared to the information that you're going to get out of it. Okay, that's everything that I have for you today about planning a turkey hunting trip. Don't forget to go to iTunes and Stitcher Radio to leave a review to be entered into the t-shirt giveaway that I'm going to do. At the end of each month, I'm going to draw the name of one person who left a review the previous month, and that person is going to get a free Turkey Hunter Podcast t-shirt. So be sure to go on iTunes, Stitcher, leave a review, put your name in the review, and I'll announce the winner the first show of each month. Next week, I'm very excited about next week's podcast, by the way. I'm going to have Tess Jolly on the show Tess is a wildlife photographer, but she specializes in and she concentrates in photographing wild turkeys. She does incredible work. I'm going to have her on the show. It's not going to be 100% photographing wild turkeys. We're talking hunting turkeys as well. She is a big-time turkey hunter. So we're going to talk about how we can marry photographing turkeys and hunting turkeys together. And this is going to be a good show for you to tune into. I'm really excited about it. Like I said, I look forward to seeing you guys next week for that show. I appreciate you tuning in this week. 
I hope that your week is wonderful. I know that you have choices, and I appreciate you spending your time with us, and I will see you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.